Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And the Scorps with Baxton Nagel and Rock 102. Another hot, hazy, and humid day continues today with a high of 92. Tomorrow, 93. Friday, cools off a little, 87. Uh, It's 68. I owe you one in downtown Springfield. You know, if you're going to be uh, listening to this show later on the podcast, you should know that it's uh, brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford in Holyoke. Later on today, your chance at winning $1,000. I'll give you the uh, keyword to cash just after 8 o'clock. Maybe that lucky person will be you. Maybe a little round of uh, Am I the A-hole as well, and, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. And also a chance of winning tickets to see uh, Jackie Marling at the South End Community Center. Sweet. That and much more. It's 535 and Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552. And Aerosmith with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be hot, hazy, and humid today. High of 92. 93 for tomorrow. It's, uh, sorry to disappoint you, only 68 Dad. in downtown Springfield. It'll turn. It'll it, it'll get there. It'll come our we'll, way. We'll get the giggity. Hollywood Trash has brought you my Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, we know like uh, we know uh, Gary Busey likes buttered sausage. Sure does. But well, he didn't want to talk about buttered sausage. No, but he also likes uh, hit and runs. Gary Busey rear-ended a woman in Malibu last week. Not how you think. And then he in a fled, car. In a car, and then he fled the scene, so she chased him down. She eventually caught up with him at a restaurant parking lot where she scolded him and tried to get his information. He told he told her he has progressive insurance, but refused to give her anything else because, quote, I'm private. Then he took off again, and the woman got the whole thing on video and filed a police report, so we'll see where this goes. You know, I saw that video, the whole buttered sausage th- thing. I thought it was one of those deep fake videos. Yeah. Like it couldn't possibly be true. But have you actually seen the entirety of that interview? I, I have, and, and I'm... I'm a little concerned. <laughs> a little concerned? Well, you know, everybody's making fun of this guy, but he's got some severe brain damage from that motorcycle accident from years ago. Yeah. I mean, the buttered sausage so, thing is just like one part of a larger disjointed puzzle. The more I read about, started reading about that, the more I say, this guy's got some issues, and I don't know really if you, we should be, uh, you know... Making fun of the guy. He's, I know he's crazy and he's wacky and zany and all that other good stuff, but uh, he's, he's not well. He's not, he's not in a good place. No, he's not. Not even close. But he does like buttered sausage. I, I did. He doesn't like buttered sausage. Doesn't I, want to talk about buttered sausage. Oh, I thought he likes the buttered sausage. See, this is, I don't know. He wants to talk it. about it, but doesn't want to talk about but it. Why don't we talk about buttered sausage, huh? Yeah, what is it? What does it do? What does it do? What's it all about? Why is it? It's not your jam? Yeah. I don't buy jam. Yeah. I buy honey. And I kiss it on the lips. Stephen King. We don't do enough stories about him. We don't. Uh, He's a true master of horror, and he's created some of the most iconic pop culture villains of all time and terrorized millions of people. But the most terrifying villain villain in his life uh, wasn't one he created. It was Lou Bega. Because King once was so obsessed with the song Mambo Number 5 that it almost destroyed his marriage. Hmm. He said, quote, I had the dance mixed. I love those extended play things, and I played both sides of it, and one of them was just total instrumental. 
And I played that thing until my wife just said, one more time and I'm going to effing leave you. This was when he was working on his 2011 novel, 112263. King likes to listen to instrumental stuff while he's writing, but lyrics are a challenge. He said, if you tried to write and listen to Leonard Cohen, how the F would you do that? Because you'd have to listen to the words and you'd Mm. have to listen to what he's saying. I don't disagree. I also don't disagree that uh, Mambo Number no. 5 is a great, great song. Yeah. I can listen to that all day. I love Mambo Number no. 5. I, you know what? Me too. I love, I love it. I love the Disney version where he lightened it up for the kids and used a little bit of Mickey and a little bit of Minnie yeah, and a little yeah, bit of Pluto. Well done. Uh, Oprah and The Rock thought they were doing a good thing when they teamed up to ask people to donate to Maui Wildfire Relief. They even kicked off the fundraiser by dropping $10 million into the pot. But a lot of people think it's ridiculous that for them to ask normal folks to donate, especially in this economy, when those uh, two could give so much more. And yes, they're making their voices heard. Oprah, who's a billionaire, two and a half times over, got comments like this on her Instagram. You got billions. You could donate $100 million and still be as wealthy as before donating. You give the money. She could give up a billion yeah. and still be a billionaire. 10 million is 0.5 of 2 billion. Do you want my 0.5%? Here comes $16. I gave it to you post tax. Yeah, you know, uh, The Rock is doing pretty good too. I think he's, uh, what, like worth $320 million? Yeah. I'm sorry, $800 million. Not so yeah. far from being a billionaire himself. No. Uh, they, somebody also said, Girlfriend, it would take me almost 20 years to make the amount of money you just did today. You do it. We're struggling out here. Now, it is a little bit of a tone deaf uh, thing when you come out and you're a very rich person right. asking other people for money. Now, it'd be different if, say, like Stedman or Gail King came out and asked people to donate money. Yeah. yeah those people have been carpetbagging for years. But, yeah, uh, yeah Oprah. And that's. She got a ridiculous amount of cash. Uh, the Rock is worth an estimated, th- what would you say, $300 million? $800 million. His blowback included this comment. Digging those deep pockets, Rock. You got this. Maui will thank you. <laughs> I just I just showed you the picture a couple of weeks ago about the place he built down in North Carolina. Yeah. That had to have been a couple a couple <laughs> million dollars, at least probably 10 Even a ramshackled shack in North Carolina is going to cost you at least a million bucks. Do you think this is a proper reaction from people, though? Um, yeah, because I sometimes think that the super rich don't really understand their place in well, the world. You know, yes, and and somebody suggested you should be asking your other billionaire friends to help out and rebuild Maui, which is absolutely true. How come you don't? You're not making a campaign towards your rich friends. Well, uh, Oprah probably would have gone to her very dear friend Jeffrey Epstein, but. He's not available. He's uh, not writing checks yeah, now. Yeah, he's not writing anything right now. He's just hanging out. Mm. Yeah. That's one way to put it. Uh, the new trailer for The Exorcist Believer may have given away what happens to Linda Blair's character, Reagan McNeil. The movie hits theaters on October 6th. I don't know I, what else to tell you. I don't, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. Uh, the devil is back, but this time he's pissed. And he's got a vengeance. <laughs> you think he was bad when she was a kid. Uh, here's he's a ho- got a real chip on his shoulder now. Yeah, he's really upset. And he's coming back for everybody. 
Here's uh, Bill Maher's take on the writer strike. They kind of believe that you're owed a living as a writer and you're not. This is show business. This is make or miss league. That's well, that, sure he's going to enjoy that, when his writers come back. You know, again, again with the tone deafness of the, you know, I have my pile, so f you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it, same with Oprah and uh, and The Rock. Yeah. Like, hey, donate your money, even though we have billions of it. Don't worry about it. He's got writers on that show, doesn't he? Of course he does. He must. He's not he calling. Says he, it. he says he loves his writers, but they're asking for way too. Like, like he was basically saying, "Well, your guys are asking for way too much." You mean like a comfortable living? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, a, so. a livable wage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. mean like insurance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean like vacation time? Yeah, all that good stuff that everybody would want. Oh, all the things that like normal people would have. Yes, I see. Uh, Kim Kardashian wore a bra made of diamonds. Really? Yeah. She must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had jewelry on my chest was when Ray Day delivered a <laughs> necklace made of groin oysters in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. You ever have a groin oyster necklace? I'm going to say no. I haven't. Oh, would you like one? No, I'm I can all right. have him do one for no, you. No, I'm quite a good <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Caitlin? Well, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once whipped up some Kate Beckinsauce. <laughs> That's who I think about when I get bored. With no, I, I get that. Yeah, little crotch nachos. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I ate the overstuffed clam burger. That's my Jimmy Buffett tribute, the clam burger in paradise. Very respectful. I like mine with tartar and tomato. <laughs> How do you like yours? <laughs> and that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Ah! Bax's View from the Couch Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware Outdoor Power Headquarters Steel, Ego, and Craftsman Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta Hey, good morning sports fans How the heck are you? Folks, whenever I fly domestically, whether it be at Logan or at Bradley Airport, there are always things that I remember to pack A clean set of drawers, an extra pair of socks toiletries, and the proper cables to recharge my cell phone in case I have to contact authorities during a hijacking. But other than that, I tend to pack pretty light. For example, I rarely travel with a pair of guns locked in a box with my name on it. And if I do, I almost never place those guns or any ammunition in my carry-on luggage. Oh, sure. I love brandishing weapons as much as the next guy. I'm just not going to bring them with me during a TSA security check. As many of you know, the same set of personal standards that I have for myself are not universally shared by everybody. So when Patriots cornerback Jack Jones was busted last June for packing a pair of guns in his carry-on at Logan Airport, he was immediately arrested by authorities on all kinds of serious charges. Things like possession of a loaded firearm, possession of ammunition without proper identification, possession of a large capacity feeding device. Plus, he was charged with a whole series of security violations of which he pled not guilty. Yesterday, the Suffolk County District Attorney dropped the gun charges against Jack Jones. In exchange, Jones will serve a year in probation and be required to complete 48 hours of community service. Folks, if you or I tried to sneak two loaded guns into an airport without proper identification or disclosure, we'd be serving a very long period of time rotting in prison. But detain a guy just days before the Patriots open their regular season schedule against the Philadelphia Eagles, and suddenly the wheels of justice begin to turn very quickly. I mean, the Patriots are four-point underdogs against a potent Philadelphia offense. You need top-quality guys in your defensive secondary. You can't have that guy entangled in a distracting legal bugaboo. 
These, thank goodness, that the long arm of justice occasionally extends a warm embrace to those who might otherwise be seen as guilty on all charges. Because when Patriots football is on the line, even the law must occasionally reset its priorities with a well-timed plea deal. Go Patriots! But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You just drove past Rocky's to buy paint at a big orange megastore. Well... You better turn around, because Benjamin Moore Paint is only sold by independent stores with well-trained paint professionals like you'll find at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 614 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be hot, hazy, and humid again today with a high of 92. It is, in fact, 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see. We're going to uh, play a round of Am I the A-Hole later on today. And yeah. your shot at uh, maybe winning 1000 bucks with the keyword to cash. We'll give that new keyword out after eight. All right. All right. That'll be a, somebody will have a chance to win $1,000 doing that. that uh, that'll be fun. Don't you think? Sure. Yeah, it'd be fun if somebody wins. Uh, there are some, uh, there are some uh, school delays. I, I I'll read some of them just because most in this day and age everybody knows anyway. Like I got an email from the school yesterday saying, "Hey, we might have an early dismissal on Thursday, not today, on Thursday." Why uh, why not today? Cuz I guess it's supposed to be hotter on Thursday, but yeah. it's still hot today. Yeah. I don't know. Early dismissal for Chicopee, uh, Springfield International Charter School, the prep school, the public schools, all are getting early dismissals today, including Westfield. Uh, I agree with that because here's the thing. I know everybody's complaining, wow, when we were in school, we had to sit in the heat. <sighs> yes, but it's also, you know, 2023 now. And I don't understand why these schools don't have any kind of air conditioning systems. Is it? The cost of how much it would cost to put those things in? Well, why didn't you put those mini-split things in? Because the mini-splits are very expensive, too. Yes. And the other part is you're going to have air conditioning for the early part of September and the last couple weeks of June. Yeah, but when you think about it, uh, you uh, it's getting warmer out. So a lot of school systems, like in Springfield, for example, you've got uh, – well, I mean, just a, a perfectly good example. Look at the – like an older building, say like uh, I don't know, pick any school that's got an older building. They're never going to put air conditioning in a building like that because you know it wasn't a it wasn't a big thing. Now I agree with you. I I could never be educated under with any subject, uh, math, history, yeah, English. That, if I'm sweating profusely, and that's kind of my point. Like you know what? Yeah, okay, because you want to remember your nostalgia and. Yeah, send the kids to school. We used to have to sit in 90-degree heat. But you're not learning anything. You're no. not doing anything anyway. So no. you might as well just be at home. You know, one of the things that Springfield did yesterday, I totally agree with this, they canceled all act- after-school activities. Uh-huh. How many times do you hear, like, for example, a football team that practices in 98-degree temperatures, Yeah, and you have a kid collapse because of heat exhaustion or, you know, dehydration or you know, whatever it is? Yeah. To me... That was a very responsible decision. Now, I also think that uh, a half day of school is a responsible decision. Yeah. One, everybody gets a credit for the full day, which is good. Yeah. We don't and just... you're not wasting everybody's time. No teacher, no student. Nobody no wants one... to be there. No, of course not. They want to yeah. be in a in a cooling station or yeah. 
at home where the temperature in the room is like 65 degrees. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I've, uh, that was like one of the things that I always wanted when I was a kid, and now I finally have it, is air conditioning throughout my home. Mm-hmm. Like that was a, because I remember like how uncomfortable those summers were. Right. Just like, you know, you're in an old house, you, there's no air conditioning whatsoever, we don't even, we didn't even have the money for like the window units and, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. It was a... Uh, yeah. Well, go ahead. I mean, no, I just, I just like I. That was like one of the things I wanted. I enjoy cool air. You know, uh, I I don't want to uh, pick at old wounds here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to you know, expose uh, my parents for the uh, the negligent parents that they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my parents not only didn't be- didn't believe in a couple of things. One, orthodonture for their oldest children. Uh, that would have been me. Two, uh, air conditioning of any kind. We didn't have air conditioning in the house. And they never had cars with air conditioning either. Now, when you're a kid and you got to drive somewhere, let's yeah. say uh, like a like a summertime party where there's going to be girls. Yeah. The only way to get there is for your dad or your mom to drive you there because yeah. you're not old enough with, to get your license. And you're sweating like a hog in the back of that uh, yeah livestock van. Like my shirt looks like it's like yeah. like shrink wrapped around my little nubile body. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. That's an embarrassing social faux pas. To show up at a party, it looked like a like a, like a sh- like you've been shrink wrapped. That was the the life I had to leave be, uh, lead because it, my parents were uh, for whatever reason uh, too neglectful to have air conditioning in our homes and in our cars. It's just the way the world. Was, I know, so and I uh, and I made to I made a solemn vow to myself, Steve, that I would never own a car without air conditioning, and I would never own any uh, home that didn't have at least a window unit available. We had, I think, my parents had an air conditioner in their room. Mm -hmm. And then they had, like, I think we had, when we were, when I was younger, we had units in in different bedrooms. (laughs) You said unit. Yeah, I know. But then, for some reason, we just never had air conditioning after that when we moved. What kind of horrifying, neglectful sweat box were we living in as our children oh, well, during our, our formative years? I mean, it, we moved into an old farmhouse in upstate New York, so you know, obviously that would have been very costly to run an air conditioner. Maybe that was the reason why. I I don't know. It was a it was a weird uh, time back then. My uh, my wife and I are uh, are such big fans of temperature controlled rooms mm-hmm. we not only have uh central air we got a whole house fan and hand and, and and fans in nearly every room in the house so no matter where we go we can be cold and it's breezy in the house I you like know what that. it's wonderful i wonderful. like that even in the winter time us too yeah us too i like a cold house now i'll be under a warm blanket when i sleep but i like the cold atmosphere when you sleep yeah, I would rather warm up under a blanket than be hot. Have the air temperature be hot and stale. Yeah, it's, it's gross. It's awful. I don't know how people. Uh, yeah, how people deal with this, that. This uh, one guy just wrote in and said uh, his kid goes to Chickabee Comp and they had football practice this morning at five thirty. All right, but it's football practice at sixty-eight degrees or sixty-nine degrees. Yeah, well, who's what, what kind of. 5.30 in the morning for practice? Come on. That's a Actually, little early. It, you know, it sounds early, but a lot of high school sports have like an early morning practice. When not did just that football. start happening? 
I don't remember that. Yeah, some do. Some of your uh, your bigger high school uh, athletic programs, they'll have like like a lot of swimming clubs, swimming teams. I remember have an early swim. I remember our wrestling coach would make us come to school on Saturday mornings at like six a.m. and do a run through the hallways. Oh yeah, like the hell I would do that. Well, because you know you couldn't run outside and uh, you wanted to get your laps in, so they'd mm-hmm. have us run around the inside of the school, which was kind of cool actually in a way. I'm sure it was, but uh, it's not any anything yeah. that I would want to do. Um, and, 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 I, and again, I, I, I wouldn't want to go through the rest of the day all sweaty, even after a shower. Yeah. You know, you're going into a hot box of a school, you're going to be sweating all day. No one can learn under those kinds of conditions. You know, they canceled the uh, the cross-country race that I was going to go to yesterday at my kid's school. Yeah. And I was like, thank God. Like, because even just standing out there, yeah, waiting for a, a race to finish is like it's just as exhausting standing on the sideline as it is to be the runner. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the kids have it harder than I do, but it's you know that I wouldn't want to be uh, out there. So I'm glad they uh, they, they canceled it. Yeah, it was that was very thoughtful of them to do to think about your needs. I think they were thinking about the needs of the children and uh, oh you know, yeah, the of course, dehydration and all the stuff that goes along. With right, it. but uh, I think they were thinking of me too when they. You know what? Uh, how does Steve Nagel feel about this? And then they called me, and I said, yeah, I don't want to stand out there. And you're like, you know what? I agree. All and right, they, so we'll cancel they canceled it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, have that kind of, I have that kind of flex around my yeah, town. Yeah, I bet you yeah, do. I do. I bet you're on the hotline of every administrator in school. Oh, yeah. The superintendent calls me all the time. Gee, I mean, get these low MCAS scores. What should we do? Uh, call the Nagel hotline. Yeah, yeah. It's the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge. And none of these kids are going to be able to get into this thing if you don't uh, send them home early every day. It's 623 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. New office, new employee. It's 626 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hot, hazy, and humid today with a high of 92. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. You could be one word away from your chance of winning $1,000 weekdays with the keyword to cash. 8 o'clock today, 11, 2, and 5. You listen for the $1,000 keyword to cash. You enter the keyword at rock102.com before midnight for your chance to win $1,000. You can play every weekday to increase your chances. It's your chance to put 1000 bucks in your pocket with the keyword to cash. Brought to you by TextMeForTires.com, 21st Century Pools and Spas in Chicopee, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. You want to laugh? Sure. All right, let's laugh. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh? Springfield's Classic Rock. I was just reading the news uh, this morning. It said there's a necrophiliac on the loose. There is? Yeah. Look alive, folks. Ah, (laughs) That's good advice. That's really good advice because you don't want to be necrophiliized. No, you don't want to be dead tired today. What is it? Necrophiliized? Is that how you... (laughs) What is that? I don't even know. Is that what the term necking... That's where the term Uh, necking came from. There you go. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Noonan Energy, reliable service for heating, cooling, electrical, and plumbing. Noonan.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The Springfield Fire Department was sent to a house fire at 80 Talbot Road early Wednesday morning. According to the department, the fire has been put out and there are no reported injuries. Uh, three people... And three dogs are without a home after the fire and are being assisted by the Red Cross. The uh, arson and bomb squad is investigating the cause. 22 News will update you if they feel like it. Um, Um, I'm going to put my money on them not updating that story. 
did I did we talk about the, how we haven't heard from Droopy Monty lately? No, we haven't heard from Droopy Monty lately. No, and I think it might have something to do with the fact that we call him Droopy Monty because I never see his name in the stories anymore. He probably said, "Don't don't do that." Because they do that droopy Monty thing. Is that oh, the- no. Oh, no. There's been a fire. And there's nobody with a home tonight. Oh, no. He's brandished yeah. weapons. Um, yeah, same thing with uh, Jim Albert. Now, did Jim Albert retire? Jim Albert retired years ago, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that was a... I love that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. But uh, but droopy Monty, I haven't heard, uh, haven't heard his name in the news lately. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. The Springfield Fire Department used to be... So candid about uh, who was giving the information, whether it be Dennis Ledger or Costco Calvi or uh-huh. whoever else was uh, on the uh, bill. You know who I else know I haven't why. heard from in a long time? I'm who? fairly sure he's still working. Who? Is uh, Trent Duda. Yes. Well, I, I heard his name t- uh, bandied about in quite a couple of weeks. Uh, I saw him the other night. Yeah, I think he's still yeah. working, right? Yeah. but yeah. He's been working all the Duda day. I don't know if he's working for the police department anymore, though. I don't I, it, listen. You know, we don't uh, we don't get the memos when a cop or a firefighter retires. So, you know, it's yeah, it's usually a mystery to us. Although I wouldn't mind getting a little bit of information. You know, we'd be happy to send uh, some guys off. Yeah, who's retiring down there? Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a big send-off. We'll have a big uh we'll have a big fire hose party. At least a like a police shout out. Yeah, like 413. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that uh, would be, I think it'd be nice to do like a hip hip hooray kind of thing. Yes, hip hip hooray. Yes, yeah. uh, human remains that were found on an island in the Connecticut River last month near Greenfield have been identified. The officer, the Office of Chief Medical Examin- Examiner, has determined that the remains are, are those of Greenfield resident Brian Cornwell, who was just 57 years old when he was reported missing in December of 2020. The skeletal remains were discovered by children who were exploring an island while attending a summer camp program on August 23rd. Well, that was a good discovery find. That's kind of a bummer for camp. Here we go. That's like uh, the state fairs where you like you they purposely put fake dinosaur bones in a sandbox and then the kids have to dig them out. Yeah, it's kind of like what this was. Yeah, like. except this is actually a real, real, uh, real skeletal. Remains. No cause of death was given, and the circumstances of Cornwall's death are being investigated by Greenfield Police, Montague Police, State Police, Crime Scene Services, and the Mass State Police Detective Unit attached to the Northwestern DA's office. Anyone with any information should contact the State Police Detective at the Northwestern DA's office. Now, tragic uh, situation, no doubt about it. But let me ask you this. Yeah. If you were that kid, okay, yeah. and let's say you're, I don't know what age we're talking about, but let's say for the sake of argument, you're 10 years old, okay? Yeah. And you're just minding your business at camp, and then one day you come across uh, a dead guy. Yeah. When your parents ask you next summer whether you want to go back to camp, yeah, what do you think is going to happen in that kid's psychology? Yeah, no, no, mom and dad, I think I'm all set. You hold up a bone and you say, "I found this humorous." Uh, hold, hold on, just a second here. I want to make sure I get the other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. There's got. Yeah, I would probably never go camping again. In a, in a situation like this, I don't know. It might be. Uh, might be. It depends on the kid. Depends on the kid, but you know, I know a sensitive, you know, caring, uh, compassionate uh, child like myself uh, would be almost too traumatized to go back to camp. I don't know about that. That might be a fun thing. Hey, we doing our, we're doing archaeology up at uh, Camp Greenfield. <laughs> 
that guy yesterday with the dog. Yes. Palmer police rescued a dog locked inside of a vehicle on Monday at the Big Y supermarket parking lot at around 2 p.m. Officers found the dog lethargically panting and exhibiting signs of heat exhaustion. Uh, and then they saved the dog. And, you know, the dog's in animal care now. But then they, they a warrant was issued for the arrest of David Gouin of Brookfield for violating... Uh, animal cruelty laws. Gouin was arraigned in Palmer District Court yesterday. He has pleaded not guilty to the charge and is ordered not to possess any animals. He's due back in court on November 15th. So that's the update. I mean, no animals for the rest of the week or no animals forever and ever? Forever and ever. Wow. Yeah. A man was shot in the head during an incident in Springfield on Saturday, according to the East Longmeadow Police. On Saturday around 8 p.m., officers were sent to a gas station on North Main Street for a man in a vehicle who had a gunshot wound to his head. His head wound Harry. <laughs> He's got his head in the cocktail sauce of <laughs> the dip at the party. The, Watch uh, out for the family dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he must smell my dog. <laughs> The uh, East Longmeadow Police and Springfield Police were sent to uh, possible shots fired calls on Elm Street in East Longmeadow and then to Cannon Circle in Springfield shortly before the shooting, according to uh, spokesman Ryan Walsh. Neither the East Longmeadow Police nor Springfield Police Department were able to find the incident. Multiple officers provided medical treatment to the man who was conscious and able to walk. He was taken to Bay State Medical Center for his injuries. Walsh said on Tuesday the man is still recovering from those injuries. East Longmeadow Police Detectives initiated an investigation and determined that the shooting occurred in Springfield near the town line with East Longmeadow. The public was not in danger during that time. The Detective Bureau is investigating the incident. The name of the victim who was shot has not yet been released. Now, if I were that guy, yeah. okay, and I got shot in the head but didn't die and still had enough uh, you know, power to walk over to the nearest convenience store, even over the the, uh, the, the town line mm-hmm. from from. Uh, from Springfield all the way over to, you know, North Main Street. And I popped into a convenience store. I'm feeling like, you know what? Luck is on my side. Today is the day I go get a couple quick picks, some scratch tickets, and see what happens. Do you think that they offer you the pride greeting when you walk in the store like that? <laughs> you, ever, you ever go, like, you go into a, in a pride station, and, and no matter where that clerk is, they're trained to tell you, welcome to pride. Yeah, right. Do you think when the, when Head Wound Harry walks into the pride station on North Main Street, he goes, welcome to pride? Well, you know, policy oh, well, is thank you. Policy yeah. is policy, Steve. Yeah, I don't think it matters where you're bleeding from. I yeah. mean, if uh, if you walk into a pride uh, a pride store, yeah. you know they're going to welcome you with open arms. I'm going to need some of that Speedy Dry uh, that you use for the gas out there. I got this big puddle right here that I left on the floor. I apologize about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to a, a couple of scratchies and uh, maybe a five hour energy drink while yeah. you're at it. Hey, that Powerball is up to like six hundred million again, isn't it? I'll take a couple of those. Could you could you seal them in a bag? Maybe yeah. I just don't want to get anything on these uh, scratch tickets. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, that's a lot of money in scratch tickets, sir. <laughs> well, maybe I've lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Cha <laughs> Police <laughs> sees the loaded. Large capacity uh, firearm following an ongoing argument with a neighbor on Saturday afternoon in Springfield. This is a different story, by the way. This isn't Head Wound Harry. Okay, good. Uh, According to the Springfield Police Department, officers arrested 30-year-old Jesus Molina on Saturday afternoon in the area of Phoenix Terrace. Police responded to the scene for a gun call stemming from an argument between neighbors. 
hey, man, I told you to get that stupid grill off my side of the line. Yeah, why don't you pay? Why don't you mind yeah. your own business? Uh Molina was alleged alleged to have pointed a firearm at a victim during the argument. When officers arrived, they located Molina and a loaded gun just a few feet away from him. Police placed Molina under arrest, and he's now facing several charges. Oh, arguments between neighbors. Yeah, that's why you know fences make good neighbors. They do. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's another gun thing. Springfield police seized a stolen loaded firearm in connection to a house break-in on East Bay Path Terrace on Sunday. According to the Springfield Police Department, around 8.35 p.m. on Sunday, officers responded to the house of, on East Bay Path Terrace for reports of a house break-in involving the stolen gun. I just said the same thing in the first sentence. We just reworded it the second sentence. Well, i got to fill up space somehow, Steve. I guess so. Officials revealed 18-year-old Malachi Richardson uh, allegedly broke into the basement of the home through a window and stole a loaded firearm. Police were able to locate the suspect and seize the firearm that was in a backpack and later placed Richardson under arrest. He's uh, now facing uh, charges of larceny from a building, carrying a firearm without a license, and uh, not attending the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge. That may have been his biggest mistake. It, it, well, definitely. second biggest mistake. Uh, police were on the scene for a vehicle crash on I-91 South near exit 49 in Enfield. Uh, the area was closed for some time. It happened yesterday around 4.30 p.m. Officers were called to the scene for reports of a motor vehicle accident on I-91 South. Officials said an SUV tried to exit a ramp by taking a right turn onto Route 5. The vehicle then struck a box truck headed northbound on Route 5 at the intersection at the top of the ramp. Both occupants inside the vehicles were transported to a local hospital due to serious injuries. The ramp on uh, I-91 South by exit 49 was closed for uh, some time, probably reopened around 7 o'clock or so last night. There you go. Uh, uh, Smith & Wesson has officially announced when their new headquarters in Tennessee will open this fall. A grand opening and fall festival event for the new Smith & Wesson headquarters is happening on Saturday, October, 17th, October 7th in Maryville, Tennessee. They ever have a, like a fall festival for the uh, the Springfield workers in the last 25 years? I don't think they ever did. Hmm. Well, isn't that special? Yeah, that would have been cool to have a fall festival where you get to shoot up pumpkins. Yeah, that would yeah. be, be a blast. It's the Pumpkin Festival. The company announced in September of 21 that it would relocate its headquarters from Massachusetts to East Tennessee, along with distribution assembly in roughly 550 positions currently located in Springfield. A groundbreaking ceremony at the 240-acre uh, headquarters campus was held in partnership uh, in Park North uh, in Maryville in November of 2021. Great American companies like Smith & Wesson, who had the option to relocate anywhere in the nation, chose the best state in America, and that's Tennessee. That's uh, according to Tennessee Governor Bill Lee. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that the guy who played for the Red Sox? I think I met him at a wine tasting hosted by Rich Tedemer years ago. Really? Bill Spaceman Lee. Wow. Remember you know, he passed out at a game in Worcester the other day. Did he? Yeah. He was uh, about to throw out the first pitch, part of the uh, pregame ceremonies last week against a game against Norfolk, well, Yeah, and uh, collapsed. Did he have a PTSD flashback of watching that ball roll through Bill Buckner's legs? He wasn't playing for the Red Sox at that time. I thought he was. No. I thought he was. He was uh, long retired before that uh, World Series. When, when did he play then? He played in the 70s. Oh, he And did. he was awesome. Yes. Yeah, a little, little you know, out there, but ooh, man, he was awesome. 
He seemed like a nice guy. I met him at uh, years. I, like I said, I just said I met him years ago at a wine tasting hosted by Rich Tedimer. Man, that was a good time. <sighs> Hanging out with Bill Lee would have been a good time. Yeah. Hanging out with Tedimer. I like Tedimer. Can go either way. Tedimer's, I mean, you know, Tedimer's a nice guy. I know, but compared to like a Bill Lee, he's you know a very uh, buttoned up type of guy. Whereas yeah. Bill Lee is like he's way out there. Can you imagine hanging out with some of these other ones? You know, like the Chris Buzakis. There's like Eddie Eddie Munster following you around all the time. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, there there are some uh, news people I've never had a bad time with. There's that other guy with the uh, the hair. He looks like a Ken doll. That Duncan kid. Duncan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even on a hot, sweaty day like today, his hair is on point. They're getting the uh, the good-looking young men over there at that station. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I haven't really been paying a lot of attention. It's a paradigm shift over there. That's what they're doing. Probably overdue. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 92. Tomorrow, high of 93. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, oh, yeah. Attention, football know-it-alls. You think you know. Rock at 651 and the Rolling Stones with Bax and Dangle on Rock 102. It's going to be hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 92. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 93. It is 69. Get in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 is bringing you New England Patriot football all season long. Sunday, this Sunday, the Patriots open up their regular season in Foxborough against the defending NFC champion, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. The live pregame begins at 1.30. Kickoff schedule for 4.25. Boy, uh, join Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak as they bring you the play-by-play action. In fact, Scott Zolak will be uh, joining us tomorrow at uh, at 8 o'clock and all season long. So that's going to pick up again. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. Sweet. Yes. Uh, Scott Zolak, I can't wait to talk to him again. Really? Yeah. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, he's he's a decent guy. I yeah. like talking. Uh, you know why? Because he's more uh, conversational than Cohen is with the, uh, you know. What are you talking about? Scott well, can uh, definitely hold his yeah, own on the jibba jabba. Yeah, but he's all about himself when he comes in here. He likes to you know, <laughs> pump up his ego and come in and go, "Hey guys, hey boys, how you doing? Things are going great. Right? So everything's going well. Well, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff." Scott Zolak just tells you how it is. Man, yeah. I do not want to do this this morning. That's what he's. That's that's yeah. kind of his attitude. Yeah, and I don't, I don't blame him because he's up late at night. Yeah, but you know he's a. Uh, but you know on a on a Thursday morning at eight o'clock. Yeah, I mean, he's already been up for a while. He's not like just jumping out of bed at seven fifty nine. You know, no. he's he's got uh, he's got a family to deal with. He's got to, you know, he's got to look good even on a radio interview. I mean, he's just uh, he does what he does. Yeah, but he but at least he tells you how it is. It's actually a lot, a, and there'll be a lot to talk about tomorrow when we yeah. uh, when we get uh, a chance to talk to him. As opposed to talking to Cohen, where you just hear about how great he is for for twenty minutes. <laughs> I got a. I went and got buddy. I got a tattoo out in the Cape. <laughs> it's a it's a shot glass. Yeah, but it says Hyannis on it. Uh, no, actually, it's a tramp stamp, and yeah. uh, Hyannis is spelled slightly different. Yeah, I got this uh, tattoo from the Camelot Inn in Yarmouth. <laughs> <laughs> going up to Athol. Yeah, too, no, know? I hear you. I I hear that. Mm. But uh, you ever go to Miami, Connecticut? No, I uh, I haven't. I'm too busy going into Dennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm. There's a lot to talk about with with Zolak tomorrow. You know, the, the Patriots season begins. There's all kinds of uh, questions about this quarterback situation. Uh, you know, Jack Jones gets 
you know, these firearm charges <laughs> dropped yesterday. Plus, there's this, some coaching things that have uh, changed since last year. You know, a lot of people kind of uh, down on the Patriots, you know, like a lot of the experts saying that they won't make the playoffs. I wouldn't rule them out, at least not yet. So uh, we'll talk to Zolak about that, get his take on it oh, yeah. tomorrow after there, 8 o'clock. There's lots of stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, I'm reading the story about this guy from Florida, of course. You know, Florida criminal, right? Which guy from Florida? A uh, 23-year-old. That guy. Oh. He was arrested for uh, after assaulting a couple of Walgreens employees on uh, Monday morning. He went into the Walgreens at about 1.20 a.m. because he wanted some cigarettes. But the workers refused and told him to leave. It's unclear why he was denied. But he was pretty drunk, so maybe that had something oh, to do yeah. with it. Uh, the man was furious and started throwing Snickers bars at the employees. He struck a female worker in the face, and a male worker was hit in the chest. Neither employee was injured by the Snickers bars. Maybe he needed to eat the Snickers. You're not yourself today, you know. <laughs> the man One, you're... You're slurring. You're not walking a straight line. And by the way, your arm stinks. Yeah. Uh, the man was charged with uh, two counts of misdemeanor battery. He was later released after posting a $1,000 bond, which these days is enough to buy 500 Snickers bars or like 10 packs of cigarettes. <laughs> it's a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I guess he, I guess he could have done better. Doesn't go as far as it used to, though. Yeah, it was like, it's like the drunkest place you've ever been into. Like, you think back all your college years and all that stuff. Not in a bar. Not in a bar. Like after the bar. <sighs> after the bar. Uh, you know, I would, I would, uh, maybe a restaurant that didn't serve alcohol. Yeah. Like a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Perhaps, or a place that served breakfast like real late at night. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably uh, the one place I could, I could, I could mention. I think the, uh, the drunkest I've ever been coming home from a bar was when uh, my friends, we were coming back from Connecticut, and I was a passenger in the vehicle, but I had consumed uh, many, many martinis. Many. Okay. Uh, too many. And uh, I but woke up. You got like a ballpark figure, maybe? I didn't remember how I got home, but I also had a receipt from the Cumberland Farms that I bought a pack of cigarettes down at the X down there. And I had to call <laughs> my friend, and I'm like, did we stop at Cumberland Farms last night? He goes, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love, he's like, I love a story that starts. He's like, with, oh yeah, dude. You, you kept trying to swipe your license through the credit card machine and it wasn't working. <laughs> and then we had to get you to get your your actual debit card out of your wallet. Oh, I how I miss those days. <laughs> it's just about six fifty seven with Bax and Dangle on Rock one hundred two. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Outdoor Power Headquarters, Steel, Ego, and Craftsman. Rocky's Outdoor Power Trifecta. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, other than the athletes involved, there's nothing more important in college football than the drunken kids sitting in the student section and where to place the school band. Typically, they're seated in the same section to provide maximum school spirit. It's that way for the home team. It's also that way for those who got drunk in the bus to help bolster the full enjoyment of a college football road trip. Unfortunately, those involved in college sports are often less mature than the kids have been pounding down shots of fireball in the parking lot. And frankly, I find that to be picayune and aggressively petty. For example, last year, the University of Texas 
threatened to move the student section for the Alabama Crimson Tide to the upper deck at Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. Not only threatened to move the students, they also threatened to move the school band far, far away from the action. At which point, the Alabama band refused to make the road trip despite Alabama winning that game 20-19. Yesterday, the University of Alabama announced that they will be moving the 5,000-seat student section to the upper deck where the number three Crimson Tide hosts the number 11 Longhorns on Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa. That's 5,000 Texas students and their band sitting up in the nosebleed section providing endless noise and school spirit for people in the back row. Listen, I like a good act of vengeance like anybody else, but if I'm paying $59,000 a year for my kid to go to the University of Texas, I want to be assured that they'll be well-treated when I'm paying top dollar for the kid's season ticket package and transportation during road games. I don't want my kid sitting in the back row. I want my kid to enjoy the fullest college experience that my dwindling resources can allow. Besides, what sort of message are we sending the kids when our most effective spiteful threats are being met with additional threats of hostility? Is that just the sort of important life lesson that you're paying $59,000 a year for for your kid to learn? Because if it isn't, then I got some bad news for you and your kid playing tuba in the back row. But hey, and if a my yappins, what's brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. The colors of autumn, orange and white. Yes, fall clean and steel equipment. The orange and white, steel blower and chainsaw. See Morgan at the Ludlow Rocky. She's steel trained, good people, steel people like Morgan and rock solid service. You'll find that at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 710 in Bon Jovi with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be hot, hazy, and humid again today with a high of 92. Tomorrow, uh, more of the same with a high of 94. It is 69 in downtown Springfield. I have not seen any updates on the uh, the Bon Jovi and East Lawn Meadow Facebook page recently, but uh, there were some pictures posted of us. Did you see that? I did see that. Where we were at the Shaker Bowl. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that last week when I said uh, I've never been in Shaker Bowl ever in my entire life. Yeah, but John Bon Jovi has. Yes, but I wasn't there with him, and nor have I ever been there. So I don't know how I could have been in the picture with John Bon Jovi at Shaker Bowl. Listen, dude, you were trying to swipe your driver's license at a Cumberland Farms. Yeah, there was, was all like kinds of things. Twenty years ago, it was all kinds of things you may not remember. It was like twenty years ago. How do we know that wasn't a twenty-year-old picture? That's true too. Hey, uh, how about a round of "Am I the A-hole"? We're taking your call. No, we're not. No, we're not taking, we're not your, taking your calls. Uh, here's the first one. Am I the uh, the A-hole for calling my sister-in-law a whore? <laughs> right. Well, is she a whore? Well, I, 30 female, have a younger brother, Mark, who's 27 and has been married to his wife, Kate, 27, for three years. Early in their marriage, Mark found out she had cheated on him and they decided to make it work. Then last year, I walked in on her in bed with a co-worker while my brother was away on a job. He again decided to make it work. Uh-huh. A few days ago, Kate and Mark invited us over for dinner. During the dinner, they made an announcement that Kate was pregnant. I immediately pulled my brother to the side and asked him if he was sure it was his. He said yes. The night went on, and he must have told her I said something because she made a scene saying, I'd just like to know why you hear good news and have to turn it into a negative. It's calling me out in front of everyone, so I simply said, because he's my baby brother and you're a whore. Ooh, oh, oh, yeah, man. that was fighting words, girl. Wow. 
Ooh, cat fight. Woof. How? Uh, we started arguing. She kicked me out. Later that night, my brother texted me, begging me to apologize to keep the peace. I felt like I started with respect. I pulled my brother away. I didn't make a scene, and she was vindictive. So am I the a-hole? Ooh, boy. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you run a great deal of risk by calling someone out on being a hooer. Yeah, but she also made it public. Yeah, right. She, uh, The private conversation with the brother turned into a public conversation with the wife because she couldn't handle the fact that she said something about it. So then she had to tell everybody, mm-hmm. mind your own beeswax. And he, she's like, well, no, I'm not going to mind your own beeswax because you're a hooah. <laughs> See, this is the dangerous game of being a hooah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, so you're, you may be found out, and then what are you going to do? How are you going to... How are you going to clean up after yourself? That's true. How are you going to clean up after yourself? I like some of the comments, though. Uh, uh, yeah, don't apologize. Tell your little brother he needs to get a paternity test done. No kidding. But, you know, the other thing is, it's really none of her business. Even if it is her baby brother, she might be able to uh, express her concerns at a different time and different place. Well, the thing is, Steve, he already knows about it. And he already knows about it, and maybe they're into that. Maybe they have some sort of open marriage that they're not telling anybody about, and they can sleep with whoever they want. Exactly. You, you don't. I mean, listen. The world is crazy. Is full of crazy uh, situations out there. Maybe that's exactly right. Maybe. Maybe there there is a little bit of swinging going on. I would never be able to do that. What the open marriage thing? You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to do that? No, I mean I respect other people who have that philosophy. Like right. I like you know whatever if you're if that's what you're into then that's what you're into. I just personally could never do that. I'm not sure I could either. Most and it has nothing to do with any you know moral uh, thing, but it has everything to do with I still want to get to bed by eight o'clock. It's like. Uh, yeah, right. Yes. Eight o'clock. I don't, I don't really need a late night. I, I just don't. But it's like using somebody else's toothbrush, you know? Yeah, that's true. You don't want to put that in your mouth. You don't know, you don't where, know where that's been. You don't know where yeah. any of these interchangeable parts have been. Uh, here's another one. You ready? Yes. Am I the a-hole for telling my wife I don't care about her dreams? My wife wants to be an influencer on TikTok and YouTube. She's been creating mommy content and content about her day-to-day life. When she told me this is something she wanted to do, I didn't have a problem with. I only said uh, that I don't want our children, who are four and two, in any of her content. I didn't monitor her channel because it didn't really seem necessary. I recently watched her channel because I thought it would be cute to see what she does in her little day-to-day life. Found out our children's faces are in almost all of the content. Ah, boy. I told her straight up she needs to remove all of that. She said she knew that I uh, wouldn't agree, but she doesn't think it's a big deal. I don't like the children content. I feel uh, like a lot of the time when you see that children make profit, they become less of your kids and more of a product and your interactions become more performative. And I can see the same thing has happened in her because she posted a video of her getting our two-year-old out of a tantrum and how she deals with it. But how is your first instinct to record and hold a camera while the baby is crying? He's kind of got a point there. I think he's got a point. She started crying and saying that she builds this up and this is her dream and deleting her content will ruin it. And I said, I simply don't give an F. If if you don't delete it, I will consider a divorce. I know a lot of people have children on their social media and I don't mind an Instagram or Facebook post, 
but to make videos seem uh, to uh, to make videos seem too intimate to share. She told her friends and even hinted on social media accounts that she has an over-controlling and narcissistic husband that doesn't want her on social media. Am uh, currently being ridiculed by her friends, and I am I being over-controlling or narcissistic? I don't have enough information to make that kind of determination. I will say, though, that if one of the two of you were to show a great deal of discomfort having the kids involved in this yeah you would typically not do that you would respect the wishes of your spouse and not violate that trust and come to a compromise maybe isn't that what a healthy relationship is all about you can still that's the other thing why you don't really need to show your kid in order to have no a video saying how you got out of a situation if your kid was having a tantrum well this is what i did i took away x y and z and then the kids stopped the tantrum that's the same why do you need to have the real-time show going on you know listen if if i were to say to my wife listen this makes me uncomfortable i wish you wouldn't do this i mean let's a hypothetical situation she would at least respect my feelings about it and i would respect her feelings about it it seems to me that the a-hole here is uh, is the wife that has virtually ignored what her husband feels is best for the family uh it says there's going to be uh, one of these comments there's going to be a whole generation of traumatized adults who had their entirety of their lives exploited by their parents on the internet for profit uh it needs to be illegal i think there's probably an aspect to that <sighs> You think those kids well, like, you know, those YouTube kids like that Charlie D'Amelio and all that stuff who make millions of dollars mm-hmm. off of that content, do you think eventually, because the parents set them up with all of that stuff right. to make, start making content and professional videos and things like that well, who's the, when well, they were What was the name age? of that three-year-old kid that was doing unboxing videos? And the kid was the, the kid's family was making yeah. you know, money like all over the place because the know. kid's ripping through boxes and they were adorable. You know what what sense of reality do you place in a kid's head at three years old about the virality of his videos on on YouTube and Instagram? I, the, I, yeah. There's got to be something that I mean, look how we've all rewired our brains because of technology. Imagine what it's going to do to a three year old who all of a sudden has a false sense of of uh, of a false sense of uh, you know, identity. Yeah, but he has a Lamborghini at six years old. He can't drive it for another 10 years. It's still a Lamborghini. Those things uh, increase in value as they get older. Just leave it in the garage up on blocks. Okay. Isn't that how that works? I don't believe that's how it works. Uh, you want one more? One more. All right. Am I the a-hole for telling my sister to stop trying to outshine my daughter? This happened a couple of days ago. I, 34 male, have a nine-year-old daughter who picked up playing piano at five, and I seriously see her as a prodigy. She, comp- uh, she composes her own symphonies. She is destined to be massively successful, and I've gotten her to play at weddings, a church a few times, and other social events. Anyways, my sister, 26 female, one of those rainbow baby situations, uh, and given the fact that my uh, whole family has obsessed over her since her birth, She's incredibly entitled and spoiled and was especially upset when our parents began caring more about my late wife's pregnancy with our daughter. You may think she and I act the same, but my daughter's piano talent is not my or her only personality. It just takes up a large portion of our lives, and it's not all I talk about or the only thing my daughter has for herself. 
We had family fly in from Germany for one of her big recitals for the first time in a few years. My daughter did amazingly. But the whole time, my sister was saying that they're only impressed of how young she is and that she could uh, and that sh- she could do this and none of us would be amazed. She proceeded to make the whole recital about herself, and we went out to dinner to celebrate after. My sister was making snarky comments to my daughter that it wasn't that good. I asked her why she had such an effing hmm. vendetta against a nine-year-old and why she couldn't just for once have the attention be on someone else for a damn night. And if she was going to complain, she shouldn't have come at all. She was very upset at this and told me how I took away her childhood by forcing her to pursue music, which she had come to me and her late mother about. And it ensued a massive fight between us, and she ended up leaving early and going back to her hotel room. My parents say that I shouldn't have lashed out on her like that, and they uh, have since apologized for making her feel left out. They uh, leave for their flight tomorrow night. My sister won't talk to me. Am I the a-hole? Uh, sounds like he's got issues to work out with his family. Yeah, it sounds that way. I mean, you know, listen, your kid's got talent. You want to do whatever you can to, you know, you know, act upon it, to do what you can for the kid, you know, put him in uh, certain situations. But no one should be squashing dreams or trying to one-up a kid. It's, not, it's just not necessary. She's a prodigy. It happens. It happens. I, I don't know what I... Listen, when you have a kid who's a prodigy in anything, whether it's you know, music or chess or you know, whatever, I mean, you want to be able to, to put your kid in a position where they can hone their craft and, and be as good as they can be without destroying their lives in the, in, the, uh, in the effort. I remember there was this kid when I was in third grade who brought in a cassette tape to play for the whole class. Yeah. She went to those remember – the, remember the early days of karaoke where you could go to the mall – and record your own song on an on an album, right? And do that. Well, she did. Uh, this kid, she was probably whatever third grader is, 10, 11 years old. Sure, did. Uh, um, it was a Whitney Houston song or something, and she recorded it and played it for the whole class. And she was very, very talented. And then her parents were like putting her in competitions and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Never heard of that kid ever again after I uh, left that school. Never, never, yeah. you know, all the all the money that they pumped into that kid. Ah, she's going to be the next, you know, uh, Whitney Houston and all this other stuff. Never heard from that kid ever. Yeah. Do you realize how many people think their kid's going to be the next Whitney Houston? Thousands yeah. and thousands of, of kids, you know, show promise. But there's a lot of things that got to happen before that kid can actually become successful at it. Yeah. And uh, one would be the desire for the kid to get there. A lot of kids with talent at some point become bored with it all because it causes everyone to act like a jerk. See, I don't do that. I just, uh, my goal is to make sure my kids don't grow up to become a-holes so they get talked about on a program like this. Well, if they've got good modeling, don't they? No, actually, they don't. (laughs) But, like I always say, God left me in charge. And that's another round of Am I the A-Hole? It's 723 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG Inks. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 729 in the Eagles with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Eh, it's going to be hot. Dan Brown will give you the forecast. Uh, after 8 o'clock, we'll give you today's keyword to cash. Could be worth $1,000 if you're damn lucky, but that's coming up uh, a little bit, let's say, like uh, 35, 40 minutes from now. All right. All right. Um, real quick, though, I, uh, the Burning Man Festival, you know, with, with the evacuation of that. And, yeah. You know, people, uh, what, what do they call it? The... Uh, Exodus, mass exodus of the uh, of the Burning Man. There's a video of a Ram truck 
flying through the Burning Man's mud trap while hauling an RV. They're calling it the best ad a car company could ask for <laughs> because nobody else can move in this muck, but this little Dodge is hauling this camper behind it, just tearing ass through the mud. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. See? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, might be time to buy a Dodge for yourself. <laughs> we got news coming up next to Rock 102. Here's your 733 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. All right. I know you were begging me to tell you where the state fairs are this year. All the carnivals and all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I have a list in front of me. This is funny. This is from 22 News, and it was written yesterday, but it still has fairs that happened in the past. Really? Yeah. They're uh, like the uh, the Festa. Uh, it was August 31st through September 4th. Yeah, we wrapped three, that up. Three County Fair ended on the 4th. The Blanford Fair and the Spencer Fair and then the East Middleborough 4-H Fair. Now, the King Richards Fair in Carver, Carver. yeah, is happening every weekend in through October 22nd. You know, when I was in high school, uh, my friends always wanted, I had, well, some of my friends always wanted to go to the King Richard's Fair this in Carver. This is one of those. Uh, the uh, Renaissance Renaissance fair. thing, yeah. And I had a couple of friends of mine that were like totally into it. And I would go, you know, like kind of begrudgingly go. Yeah. Did you dress up? <sighs> no. Yeah, I didn't either. But one of my friends wound up uh, working at this thing. And uh, I got to tell you, I was, uh, I'm no longer friends with that guy. I found it to be very, very embarrassing. It is a very embarrassing thing. It's almost as embarrassing as those guys who dress up like uh, like Civil War reenactors. Yeah, I, I yeah. know some of those guys, too. <laughs> and uh, we don't hang out anymore. Uh, the Renaissance Fair. I, I never went to the Carver one. There was one in upstate New York I went to as a kid. And uh, I was like, wow, I can't wait to never come back here ever again. This Listen, is the I, most boring thing ever, and and you, I'm not dressing up in in Renaissance garb. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not gonna stand there and say huzzah while I eat the while I eat the turkey leg outdoors. Is that what they say? Yeah, that's Something what they like say. That? Wow. Uh, the Franklin County Fair is happening this weekend. Uh, the Glendie Greek Festival. Ooh, that sounds good. I like a Greek, I like the Greek foods. I do. I like that uh, that meat on a, on the the. Gyro meat. Yeah, I love that the, too. The, on the on the big spindle. Yeah, and then they shave it off. You know, I always wanted to eat that thing like a cob of corn. You probably could. Yeah, I think if you paid enough, you probably could just like just chomp into it. Listen, you pay a Greek guy enough money, you can get whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, entirely that's true. What I'm talking about uh, the Dartmouth Grange. That's uh, happening this weekend as well. The Sterling Fair. Oh, you know that's got to be a good one. The Sheffield Fair. Ooh, I didn't even know they had a fair. That's only one day. It's the ninth. Yeah. How was it? It was fair. The Williamsburg Grange Fair. That's a one-day thing, too. Uh -huh. Also, the Dino Fest in Granby is happening uh, September 9th as, as well. The Big E, of course, kicks sure. off on the 15th, goes to October 1st. The Cracker Barrel Fair in Rentham. That's happening in the 15th through the 17th. Is that actually happening at a real live Cracker Barrel? Well, that's what I was wondering. Do you have those little uh, games with the pegs in it? Is that, the, is that the entertainment that they have? You know, if I'm not willing to go to a Cracker Barrel 365 days a year because I've never had a really great experience there, 
You think I want to spend a whole weekend at the Cracker Barrel? What are you talking about? You've never had a great experience. You've never sat in the French porch rockers <clears throat> at a Cracker Barrel on a side of a highway of a rest stop? While I'm waiting for my table? Sure. While but- you're waiting for your grits and your eggs? Yes, I, I have. And I, I, I rarely have I said, I have got to come back here. Have you ever been on a bus trip? Because it says buses welcome when you mm. go to a Cracker Barrel. No, not to, not to the Cracker Barrel. How do they ever prepare? I always wondered how they prepare for something like that. You never know like when so, like a big bus full of people is going to come into your restaurant. And you say, bus is welcome. Yeah. Well, you don't know what the bus schedule is like. I don't know. I know it, I've been at restaurants where suddenly uh, like a busload of elderly come into the restaurant yeah, yeah. and it just everything just slows right down. You see it at the casino during the week. Yeah. Little cotton tops get off the bus and they came from some faraway land. Yeah. And with their ten dollars and quarters. That happened to us a couple of years ago. We were staying at the at the beach in Rhode Island. OK. And uh, and then uh, we're at this clam shack and then suddenly all these Q-tips come off a bus but they had a set menu, so everyone got a bowl of chowder, a couple of clam cakes, and they were on their way. Yeah. So they knew they were coming. It wasn't like a surprise. Yeah, that's visit. what I mean. A, a preset visit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the only way that a restaurant can handle something like that. But if you just do like a random, you know, restaurant pop in with like 40, 50 blue hairs, you're gonna have a. You're gonna have, things are gonna you know come to a crashing halt. Uh, the Belchertown Fair happens on the twenty second, uh, and the Upton Grange. You ever been to Upton? Nope. Uh, September 23rd, and the Topsfield Fair happens on uh, September 29th. It all sounds like there's so much to choose from. Uh, and then the Granville Harvest Fair is October 7th through 9th. That's the last one they have listed there. Okay. Well, hey, uh, if you want to get your fair in, it's just like how much money can you spend? Like you'd have to just pick one to go to because you know how much it is to take a family out to a like a day at a fair. Most of these places, like the yeah. smaller ones, don't charge for parking, but they do charge you an admission fee, and then you're in there, and then you're at least paying ten bucks for a food item and all that stuff. Well, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, not every town fair, county fair, state fair is the same. You know, like some are really, really good, and some are awful. Like there's nothing to do. The food stinks. All you got to do is like walk around and look at jewelry and boxes. You know, it's like that's this <laughs> that's not that much to do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you're wasting all that money yeah. doing it. I mean, as soon as you say local artisans and face painting, that's the that's the fair I'm really not going to go to. Yeah, I want something cool. Yeah, like you, uh, rip off uh, games. Yeah, like like, like the Big E. You tell me that you got whack a mole. <laughs> I'm there in a heartbeat. Whack-a-mole or the clown where you shoot the water into his mouth. That's a fun one, too, but like whack-a-mole, that's, Cause it that's reminds, my jam. It reminds me of a dirty film I once saw. <laughs> <laughs> where you try to shoot a stream to the clown's mouth? I think it was called Punch the Clown Upside Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that one. That, that's a good one. <laughs> Animal Control <laughs> is looking for an abandoned emu Emu. Is it emu or emu? I thought it was emu. Emu in Lakeville, according to a Facebook post from Lakeville Animal Control Officer David Frates. Frates said the uh, bird was last seen in the Lang Street and County Road area and has been spotted by residents in numerous areas, making the catch difficult. It's harder to pinpoint one area to catch it, said Frates in a Facebook post. The person who owned it moved out of state 
so it has no home to return to which will make it harder to catch. A man experienced in catching emus will help animal control, according to Frates, but they uh, first need to find out where the bird hangs out the most. If you were a bird, where would you be hanging out? Well, if I were an emu, probably at a Liberty Insurance office. Yeah, that's They're true. always looking They're for always, replacement emus. Yeah, the uh, but you wouldn't be hanging out like at a at the KFC. No, no. Like you know, any kind of bird, any avian chicken place. You don't want to be near a wings. You don't want to be near uh, a quickies. <laughs> if there is a quickies, left I don't know anymore. if they're still around. No, but uh, the emu. Who moves away and leaves their emu emu behind? Yeah. I don't know. What is that all about? That's that's the story I want to know. That's animal cruelty right yeah, there. Yeah, of course. How many emus do you usually get walking around in, a, in, a, in the state of Massachusetts? Two, three dozen? Tops. Uh, right. But why would you leave one? Maybe that bird's got a chip on its shoulder. Maybe it's got the... Maybe it's not the... It's not so family friendly. You ever seen a bird around a chip? He'd eat it. He doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> Shook that off. Actually, they don't even have shoulders. No. Really? But I want to know why the why the emu was left alone. Maybe he was not a good emu. I'm sure there's a story to tell. Hey, he's more of a a street performer. <laughs> <laughs> he's making money on the yeah. sidewalks, selling his emu stuff. Look, I made this painting over here. <laughs> it's really just my feces on yeah. the ground, but I it's a painting to me. Yeah, I held the uh, I held the brush in my teeth. There's many colors. In my beak. There's many colors in the emu rainbow. <laughs> Your uh, Pioneer Valley <laughs> forecast today. Is going to be hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 92. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 94. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Munson's Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 749 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be hot, hazy, and humid today with a high of 92. Tomorrow, high of 94. It's 69 giggity in downtown Springfield. On uh, Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest is rock biographer Nina Antonia. She's written a number of books, but uh, her 1987 uh, book, Johnny Thunders in Cold Blood, has just been reissued with a whole bunch of new chapters. It's actually a really cool book of the uh, guitar player from the New York Dolls who uh, died mysteriously in 1991. Great story, really interesting book, and you can hear that uh, interview on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and rock102.com. It's all brought to you by Z&M Home Buyers and Rock 102. I'm just, uh, well, there's one something I want to talk about, but then I just see this ad for a Benihana. Where? That's, it was on Mass Live was the ad, but I'm trying to figure out where... The Benihana is. Uh, locations? Is there a locations thing? Find us. Here we go. Find a restaurant. Enter your address. Uh, no, that's not. We're not in New York City. Uh-huh. 45 Fisher uh-huh. Avenue. Okay. East Longmeadow, Massachusetts. Let's see where the. Yeah, the nearest one is in like New York City. Why, why is there an ad for that on Mass Live? I, I don't really know. You know why? Because our IP address is from New York City. So because wherever the internet goes, that's probably what it does. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that doesn't really help. Well, I was all excited to have a Benihana. And, When's the last time was... you were at a Benihana's? Actually, I've never had a Benihana's. I've only seen videos. I've been to a Benihana's. Is it good? Yeah. 
But it's like a lot of other uh, hibachi type restaurants. Yeah. I mean, they're all good. None of them are bad. It's just, you know, you you get the like dinner and a show. You know, guy tossing like shrimp tails all yeah, over the place. Yeah, and, yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know, squirting, uh, squirting sh- stuff into your mouth. I like uh, I, I'm, I like a hibachi, a good hibachi. Yeah, I do too. The place there's a place in uh, what is it, Sunderland? Now I can't remember the name of it, but it's a really good hibachi place. I haven't been to one in a in a in a, uh, almost too long. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I like the guy when he takes out the little uh, the little water that has the, it looks like a little boy peeing. On yeah, the, uh, on the, that's so yeah, that's, cute. Isn't that cute that's, when that's they do that? One. I tried doing that at home. You like throwing eggs on like a. Uh, and, you know, and, and have it you know, land just so on the spatula. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I always miss. And I like you know taking like the salt and pe- pepper shakers in my house yeah. and like flipping them around. Yeah. I'm, always, uh, I'm always dropping them. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I don't like dropping them though. You don't like dropping them? No, I'd rather do it professionally and you know, make it look like I know what I'm doing. Oh, you can uh, you could you could be uh, like Tom Cruise in Cocktail where he's flipping the bottles up and yes. down. You could do that with the salt and pepper shaker. Yes. I would, practice makes perfect bags. I'm sure you'll get there. Uh, this other story I wanted to talk about, the um, the Coast Guard helped get a sick Carnival cruise passenger to the hospital on Monday. This is why I never want to go on a cruise. Why? The threat of being sick. All the times you hear about, you know, remember when uh, COVID started and then those people were stuck at sea for like 25 days? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you, you can't go anywhere. Carnival legend was about 180 nautical miles from Cape Cod on Monday when the woman started feeling sick. She had abdominal pains and had been vomiting throughout the day, according to the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard was traveling from Cape Cod to Greenland around the same time. The Coast Guard's MH60 Jayhawk helicopter crew and an HH-144 Ocean Sentry, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Air crew were launched to assist. At 10.25 p.m., the air crew arrived to the cruise. The Coast Guard said the Jayhawk's crew safely took the woman in the cruise ship uh, nurse at around 11 p.m. They arrived at the emergency medical services around an hour later. It's the idea that you'd have to be helicoptered off of a ship. Do you, who pays for that? Do you pay for that if um, you're the one that's sick and you now have to be transported by the government to well, get off that ship? If you were life flighted from a car accident to say like the UMass Medical Center in Worcester, yeah, you'd have to pay for that. I don't really know. I know the the one and only cruise I went on. Uh, there was someone who got sick late at night, and a helicopter had to come and and take them, you know, off the ship because they were, you know, they were too ill to, yeah, enjoy uh, the nautical miles and nonstop smiles of great cruising. Yeah, but uh, other than, you know, like one guy gets sick or one lady gets sick, I, you know, that didn't uh, ruin anybody else's time. I want to have a great time in the cruise. Yeah, see, I'm not, uh, I'm not there. I I can't mentally get there. Yeah. It would be nice to enjoy all the activities on a cruise ship, but the idea of being stuck out in the middle of the ocean if you get sick or something happens to you, you can't go anywhere. You know, before I went on my first cruise, I was kind of where you were at and thinking, well, okay, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, you know, I don't want to get any you know, neurovirus or anything like that on the ship or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, get seasick. I didn't have any of that stuff. I want to have a damn fine time. Hell, like one guy gets sick. That's going to ruin my week? I don't think so. I had an argument with the captain. You did. The captain said, uh, I said to the captain, um, it is called the poop deck. That is why I poop there, sir. <laughs> and he said, you're disgusting. And I said, you're misleading. <laughs> uh, but I would never I would never want to be 
on a ship in the middle, like not being able to go somewhere, to leave the area if yeah. I had to. Well, I mean, you do have a couple of excursions you could go on once you, uh, you know, reach port. You know, maybe. Uh, yeah, but if you're sick, I'm talking about if you're sick. Like, if you get sick, like. There's- yeah, but, but pro- proportionally speaking, most people who go on a cruise don't get sick unless they're too drunk and hung over. I mean, I, yes, I for the most part, I'm a numbers guy. You know, you yeah. have more of a chance of dying in a car accident driving to the airport than you ever do dying in an airplane crash. You have more of a chance of dying in a car wreck in the middle of a cruise. Yeah. Where you didn't even bring your car. I, and I also heard another disgusting story about how a Delta flight had to turn around on its way to Barcelona from Atlanta yesterday. Did you hear about this? No. There was a biohazard on the airplane. Somebody had a case of the Appleberry two-step. Oh, Jesus. And it was all over. The, it was up and down the aisles, that, oh, according geez. to the the pilot and then they somebody tried to spray air like air freshener in there yeah. and all it was all it did was just smell like air freshener and appleberry two step oh my that God. was disgusting yeah that's terrible but uh, they said the pilots made the right decision by turning around on the 10 hour flight to barcelona or how f- how far into the flight were they they were about 2 hours in so then they turned oh, around, they turned God. the flight around, and uh, there's videos all over TikTok about it. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Well, I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I, I was busy yesterday. I, it's, it's like stories like that I don't really want to get into detail about because it's, it's pretty gross. Yeah, but, but just, it's like, can you imagine being, see, that's the, that's the thing. <clears throat> it's my claustrophobia. Being stuck somewhere yeah. in a disgusting situation where there's maybe people getting sick all around you or somebody's got, uh, abdominal issues uh-huh. or whatever and then you not being able to walk away from that that is like that's like a big fear for me you you just described my entire work history here at rock 102 well uh, that and uh yes but at least you can leave or can, can you, you? Yeah. <laughs> it's 757 or rock 102 rock 102 springfield's classic rock it's 811 and acdc with Bax and nagel on rock 102 gonna be a uh, hot hazy and humid today with a high of 92 tomorrow more of the same with a high of 94 it's still 69 giggity in downtown springfield steve it is time for the keyword to cash thousand dollar keyword oh yes yes i've done this now two days in a row right on time what are the odds of that Two days in a row. I mean, you know, uh, the next couple of weeks, I- I'm going to screw this up down the road. I'm just going to forget to do it. And then all of a sudden I'm getting you know texts from the boss. Hey, what happened to the keyword? And then I have to go back and fix it. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Today's keyword is the word paid. That's paid as in P-A-I-D. Pay- P as in please give me $1,000. A as I always want $1,000. I as in I would like $1,000. And D as in I would buy a lot of things named by the letter D if I had $1,000. Go to uh, the Keyword to Cash contest page on rock102.com. Enter the word paid for a chance to win 1000 bucks. You have until midnight tonight to enter that word for your chance to win the uh, the money. Your $1,000 keyword is paid. P-A-I-D. Good luck from Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. All right. So, uh, I know we're not a, like a, we don't like to talk politics around here. I'm, I'm not a big politic guy. Yeah. But we do have a local mayor race that's heating up right now. 
right. in the city of Springfield. Yes. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the issues, and, and these are just my questions, and I don't really want to have the candidates on to talk about it. Because, not, a, not until after the primary. Especially until after the primary. But, uh, you know, I can see both sides of this argument with this, <clears throat> about the crime in Springfield. Talking about... Um, you know, maybe a lack of officers, maybe you don't have enough cops, yep. maybe, you know, whatever. But uh, Dom Dom's uh, take on the bail thing, you know, uh, you know, he's blaming judges for letting these uh, individuals get off on bail. Right. And then they're, they're, they most likely go out and commit other crimes. That's kind of how this thing, this kind of cycle has been going. And you hear about it all the time. There was just a guy yesterday who was arrested, and he had a gun charge from May of 2022 that still hasn't been resolved, yet here he was robbing some place, uh, robbing some local business. I understand the discrepancy in people who don't have money versus people who do have money. Somebody from a more affluent uh, neighborhood might get off easily because they have the means and money to do it as opposed to somebody who you know this is a punishment for a low-level drug crime but we're holding you on ten thousand dollars bail and uh, you know you're not going to be able to get out it's not to say that every low-level drug offender is going to go out and commit another crime again but you know justin hurst the other day was talking about how you know sarno wants to you know put away people like me you know referencing his race i believe and and saying like you know th- you know put us away and don't you know don't do that yeah but th- because of this this income discre- in discrepancy that they have but what my question is what do you tell the victim of a family or the family of a victim that was murdered because some guy wasn't was let out when when something happened like that well, you know what really bothers me? And and I'm not pointing fingers at any one candidate because they all kind of do it, especially yeah. when it comes to like, you know, primary races or even general elections. You know, they they they, they when they folk when they talk about crime, they kind of they almost try to oversimplify the problem and what a particular elected official can do about it. Now, in the state of Massachusetts, Dom Sarno may have all the great intentions of wanting to uh, avoid. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My, are my, you okay? Yeah, no, I'm fine. My are chair, you all right there? Yeah, my chair slipped. Anyway, uh, he may have all the the best intentions of wanting to get repeat offenders off the streets. Yeah, but there's nothing that he can do about that. That is between not even. It's not even just the courts. It's about the the legislation of the state which sets bail laws and the intention of bail. So even judges are restricted as far as what they could do. To say it's the mayor's fault is not exactly exactly accurate. And we talked to Cheryl Claproot and other police chiefs over over the years. It's harder and harder to hire new police officers. Less and less people want to become police officers because the job sucks. Well, and and that's always been the argument we've kind of had with with Dom. What is the you know, yes, you're replacing police officers, but how many of those officers are you losing due to normal attrition anyway with yeah. people retiring and things like that? You know, what, yes, you're adding 15 new police officers, but 10 of them 
were actually going to be retiring anyway. Right. So you really technically only added five more officers. Or you're behind, even though yeah. you've, you've made a bunch of hires. And I, your, your recruiting classes are smaller. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't used to be that way. So to say that the mayor is responsible for the, you know, for the for the amount of gun crime or serious crime or violent crime that goes on or that he could have done more isn't exactly entirely accurate. And if, you know, if Justin Hurst wants to say, well, you know, he wants to put people away like me. I don't think that's accurate either. I don't think that's that's Dom's intention. I think what he wants to do is try to get repeat offenders off the streets so they don't co- continue to commit more crimes and worse crimes. Yeah, and I don't under you know, and I still don't understand how more cops would lower the murder rate. If people are going to kill somebody, they're going to kill somebody regardless of whether or not yeah. you know. Oh well, well, there's five more cops added to the Springfield Police Department. I'm gonna I'm gonna not do this murder today. Well, are are what's the rate of uh, those murders that are solved? That's another thing. Well, that you yeah, to take me, into contention too. Yeah, I mean, if you had a bunch of unsolved murders in town, I would that would be very alarming too. But the reality is, you 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 know, no cop is going to be able to stop a murder or a domestic dispute in which somebody gets killed. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like I don't understand what you know what what is the solution to lowering crime? See, this is why politics kind of muddies the waters a little bit because we always try to oversimplify the problem by giving oversimplified uh, solutions. Which, you know, sound good when you're campaigning for an elected office, but in reality have really no bearing on what the problem actually is. I mean, you could, any candidate could say, we're going to get real tough on crime. Oh, really? Are you going to be able to change the laws? Are you going to be able to uh, change the judges? Are you able to tell your local legislators to to stop pussyfooting around and actually try to have the, the, the bail laws changed in this state? I mean, are are you gonna are you gonna be able to do that? If I commit my vote to you, can you assure me that that's how things are gonna go? Because I'm pretty sure they're not gonna go that way, and I'm pretty sure you're not gonna have the power to change it. I got the power to change it right here. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not exactly uh, <laughs> you're not exactly like the Wonder Twins changing yourself into a giant ice jail. Contrary to popular belief, I have never cheated death. I always win fair and square. (laughs) But, you know, again, I don't, I hear all the arguing back and forth, and you're right. It's too many oversimplification of explanations of how they're going to do something in order to reduce the amount of murders in a city or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the answer to that is. I can't say, is it the economy? It's because again, a lot of people you, don't let less and less people have money, so they're more instinctively going out to to commit a crime in order to you know to listen. There, there, there's so many complicating factors in all of this. Nobody has it's it, a, a solution, and it's certainly not like a like a, a push button type of resolve. It's not like you can just say, well, you know, if we do this, this, and this, this will be a completely crime free area. That's that's not realistic. I like your tips, Bax. Let me mark this down in my diary. You may have read it. It's called the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the first 600 chapters. You know, yes. 
Except for those fat twins on the mopeds, I don't uh, I don't play that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I eat I, like, I eat a good deal of pasta, but I try not to get too uh, yeah. too poor out of control with the portions. I once was taking fish oil pills, but it made me smell like a trout. I didn't want to have that uh, happen to me all day long. I take care of myself. That's what I do. Never you never will you see me as a yeah. fat twin riding a moped through the city. What should happen is fish should take Dom Sarno pills, so you smell more like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the fish would be plentiful. We would we would restock our waterways. All of them. On one shot. <laughs> but you know, this is yeah. one of the reasons why it, the having candidates on before a primary is is partially useless because yeah. you have one on, you gotta have all of them on, and all of them are gonna tell you the same kind of stuff that really isn't gonna resonate with reality. And th- that's and that's always been true. That's always been true of of campaigning. Yeah, is you off, is you provide promises that are not realistic and solutions that can't possibly work. And that's no offense to any politician running for uh, for office, but you've proven that to be true time and time again. You know, whenever I get lemons, life gives me them. I squeeze them and make orange juice out of them. Get out of here, you dingbat. <laughs> It's 822 at Rock 102. 832 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's a local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A man was struck and killed by a car on Worthington Street in Springfield Friday night. According to Ryan Walsh, at about 8 p.m., officers were called to the intersection of Worthington and Bodoin Streets. For a one-car crash involving a pedestrian, the man uh, struck by the car was killed. The driver remained at the accident location. The Springfield uh, Police Department's traffic unit is currently conduct, uh, conducting an investigation. A woman was also struck and killed by a vehicle last Thursday around 8 p.m. in the uh, 200 block of uh, Dickinson Street. So, you know, I was uh, reading another one of those articles about how people are so distracted now with driving mm-hmm. and reckless driving that uh, they don't see pedestrian deaths reducing anytime soon. In fact, they're probably going to be even worse by uh, by next year. Because people are <coughs> texting, they're speeding, they're doing all these things, yeah. and then unfortunately people die from that. So, Listen, I, I, uh, I get it. I mean, you want to be able to know what's going on in the world, and your phone is right there in front of you, but you know what? Um if you're using it and not paying attention to the world around you, bad things can happen. This weekend, we're driving back from uh, New Hampshire. Can't tell mm-hmm. you how many times I'm like, you know, looking at the car next to me, and here's some idiot with his, you know, his phone right in his face, yeah. not paying attention to the traffic going 70 miles an hour, but just purely paying attention to whatever text or hey, social media they're following. Listen, I see it all the time. Yeah. How many times you've been on a road and then you see a car in your lane coming at yeah. you? Because then they realize, oh, wait, I'm on the phone. I shouldn't be on this. I should be in my lane. Stay in your lane, brah. Stay in it. Uh, human remains that were found on the uh, on an island in the Connecticut River last month near Greenfield have been identified. <laughs> the Office of uh, Chief Medical Examiner has determined that the remains of those uh, Greenfield resident Brian Cornwell, who was 57 years old when he was reported missing in December of 2020. The skeletal remains were discovered by children who were exploring an island while attending a summer camp program on August 23rd. No cause of death was given, and the circumstances of Cornwell's death are still being investigated by the Greenfield Police. 
Montague Police and the State Police. Anyone with information about the incident should contact the State Police Detective Unit at the Northwestern DA's office in Greenfield. What a horrible camp experience that would have been. I feel bad for the kids. I mean, I feel bad for the guy, uh, too, but I also feel bad for the kids that could be traumatized by what what they just saw. I, uh, I wonder if that was the end of activities for the day. Like, usually a discovery like that would be like, okay, kids, everybody back on the kayaks. We're going back to the camp. Yeah. Uh, good kayak trip, kids. Good, yeah, good uh, great, trip. great, great, great kayak trip. Don't go over there. Yeah, I, uh, that, would end, uh, that would end the summertime fun at the camp if it were me. Uh, I don't know why 22 News has this story on their website, but uh, Panda Express is launching a new entree nationwide. Steve, where is the nearest Panda Express I in this area? I don't know, but you know what? They make a good case for it. Panda Express is really, this is, by the way, this is from Los Angeles that they've put on their website. Mm. Panda Express is releasing a new limited time entree at restaurants across the country. Chili Crisp Shrimp. Ooh. Uh-huh. The new seafood dish will be available beginning Wednesday and will remain on menus throughout the end of the year. The Rosemead, California-based Chinese fast food chain describes the dish as being compromised of, quote, lightly breaded succulent shrimp mixed with aromatic peppers and onions, uh, wok tossed in a savory chili garlic sauce. Uh-huh. Each bite promises to uh, promise to offer a hint of heat and satisfying crunch. Now, where is the uh, <coughs> closest Panda Express? Uh, to the best <laughs> of uh, what I'm seeing, Ninth uh, Avenue in New York. Oh well, there you go. Mm. Very close uh, to here. Six sixty three Ninth Avenue. Oh, well, yeah. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump uh, down ninety one, and uh, you're there. That's pretty much it. All right. Well, I'm glad they put that on their website here oh, in Springfield. Thank goodness, because uh, <laughs> you hate you hate to miss out on those opportunities. A uh, a surgical tool, quote, the size of a dinner plate has been discovered inside a woman's abdomen 18 months after undergoing a cesarean section while giving birth to her child. The unnamed woman from New Zealand, who was in her 20s when she gave birth to her child in 2020, underwent a scheduled C-section at 36 weeks plus three days gestation, according to a report released by the New Zealand Health uh, and Disability Commissioner. An Alexis uh, wound retractor, a device used to draw back the edges of a wound during surgery, was left in her abdomen following her C-section. Hmm. The uh, uh, This is according to the report. The uh, re- This resulted in the woman suffering chronic abdominal pain until the device was discovered incidentally uh, on an abdominal CT scan. Uh, let me ask you this, because yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, I never had to be present for a C-section. Mm-hmm. But um, do they put things on dinner plates uh, when they're uh, performing that procedure? Well, it was the size of a dinner plate. The but it tool. wasn't like a, like a serving platter. No, it wasn't, or, no, it wasn't like uh, something you'd buy from a Walmart uh, dish. Not like uh, a, like a saucer, perhaps. No, this no. was a uh, a tool. Mm. It's like a retractor. I see. I'm surprised there's no inventory done. I would think before you sew somebody up, yeah, you do exactly yeah, that. Yeah, like all right, uh, you got the widener, you got the stretcher. You got the abdominal thing? No, I can't find that? Ah, it probably fell on the floor somewhere. Don't worry about yeah. it. Sew her up. I picked it up, dearie, with the rest of them. Yeah. At the time of her procedure, a host of operating room theater staff were present at the C-section, including a surgeon, a senior registrar, an instrument nurse, three circulating nurses, two anesthesiasts, two anesthetic technicians, and a theater midwife. 
Oh, a theater midwife. And a partridge in a pear tree. What does the theater midwife do? I don't really know. Um, I don't know if they're responsible for the uh, for the show stopping musical number. Do I they, don't know if they're uh, if they're there to work the chords for the for the for the curtain. Yeah, I don't I even know. Say, do they or do they uh, like do Shakespeare while they're delivering the baby? Yeah, out, damn baby, out! I say. Maybe they hand you the playbill as they walk you to your seat. That could be that too. I want to go back uh, before I'm accused of being. Uh, uh, <laughs> confidently incorrect again yeah uh there are two locations in connecticut of the uh, panda express oh and by mash and tucket and milford very close to us and six in the boston area yes very close to us. not even close at all which is why we needed a story and you know what we needed that inspirational story from 22 news and they delivered they're working for you yeah Uh, well next for those of you who are out of the area they should put next time you're out of the area Visit a Panda Express. <laughs> Next time you're out and about, far away from here, looking for fast food Chinese. Yeah. Would you like uh, Chinese food made by an American? <laughs> Defrosted, just like regular Asian cuisine. Yeah. Uh, you, you ever like you like see somebody cooking something and they're like, oh, you don't really look like the kind of person that would be cooking this kind of uh, dish, but it's delicious nonetheless. I, I try not to judge. I do. I judge a lot. You do? Yeah. You you can't have. I don't, I don't really want to get into this because it's going to sound insulting if I if I. No, say I get it. it. I get it, it. But it's like uh, you know, uh, it's like what that thing on Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. You know? Yeah. I don't. I don't. Like, I don't, a, like a Polish guy making pizzas. That's exactly what I'm getting. See, at. I got no problem with that. I yes, no but problem. only if the pizza's good. Yeah, if the pizza stinks, I'm not going to blame him simply because he doesn't necessarily fall into a certain category. No, because I stereotype, and I was like, listen, man, you should be making pierogies and kielbasa, like not pizza. That's not your yeah. forte. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You don't see Bernats down in Chicopee offering up fresh hot pies every day, do you? No, they got galumpkies and they got uh, the things associated uh, with a Polish restaurant. Don't don't uh, don't snoot your nose at a Polish bakery. I got to tell you, I've had uh, many good Polish bakery okay, items in my lifetime. But that's something that is part of the part of the uh, the culture. Sure, but I'm talking like uh, something that's out of your element. Okay. All right. Listen, I'm like you shouldn't be ma- like if you're an Italian guy, you shouldn't be making a bok choy. I'm sorry, that's just not uh, something that. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe we should do our. Maybe we should stop not talk about this. Maybe <laughs> just I in case. We, I don't know. We step on a landmine. Well, I'm sure. So, I'm sure there's an Italian guy out there going, "I make the best bok choy ever." What are you talking about, huh? <laughs> it would be unfortunate if you were to trip over the bok choy, but I just prepared lovingly for you. Oh, you don't like chow mein? What's the matter with you? Listen, how, did we, I, how did we get talking about this? I don't even remember. Oh, it was a lady with a sting stuck in her stomach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. I've just prepared a big plot of chimichangas for you. Yeah, yeah, chimichangas, yeah? You like chimichangas? <laughs> Anywho. Air Canada has apologized. Let's go to a disgusting story now. Air Canada has apologized to customers who were allegedly escorted off a plane for refusing to sit in a chair covered with vomit for the duration of a four-hour flight. Some people have. Some oh, people the, are intolerant. Oh my God! I can't believe you're complaining about that. Okay, Karen, why don't you move to another seat? 
the airline. Oh, I'm sorry. Is, 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 is Coach still too gross yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah. The uh, airline issued a statement after a viral Facebook cl- uh, post claimed uh, two as yet ide- unidentified female flyers were told there was nothing to be done about the visible vomit on their soiled seats. Susan Benson, a passenger on board the uh, August 26th flight from Vegas to Montreal, said she first noticed the smell and then two women struggling to be seated. When she boarded the plane, the pair were in the road directly in front of her and were treated unfairly, she said. There was a bit of a foul smell, but we didn't know at first what the problem was. Apparently on the previous flight, somebody got sick. Air Canada attempted a quick cleanup before boarding, uh, but clearly wasn't able to do a thorough clean. They placed coffee grinds in the seat pouch and sprayed perfume to mask the smell. You ever get on a plane and smell something weird? Something probably happened before um, you got on it. Yeah, come to think of it, I have, and I, and and uh, you would think. I mean, I realize that everyone's got you know may have a connecting flight or whatever they want to get these planes out on time. But if someone has left something just vile behind on the on the previous flight, yeah, you'd like to think that the uh, that the flight attendants and the airline would want that thing as sanitary as possible. Someone's got to sit in that seat. Yeah, but think about the turnover time that you have to clean anything. You bring a plane back to the gate. Yeah. The airline is not going to be like, oh, we're not we're not waiting to take off because the seat's dirty. Just put some uh, Febreze on it and you'll be all set. Listen, if you had to de-ice the plane on a cold winter's day, you'd take the time to do it. Have you ever been on a plane when they've done that? Yes, I have. That's scary. Because like you're thinking to myself, wow, that stuff could that, that one little freeze. I was on a flight where they had to do it four times before they they took before off. Before you took off, yes. Oh, that must have been a very cold day. It was a wicked cold yeah, day. Yeah. Flying out of Logan, and yeah. they had to they had to de-ice it four times yeah. before we could board. When you see that guy out there spraying a fire hose full of de-icer fluid all yeah. over you, and then doing it three more times after that. I wouldn't be very comfortable flying that day either. Well, listen, I would feel the same way if someone you know, you know yacked all over my uh, my seat, uh, yeah. which I paid extra for because well, I like the uh, I like the aisle seat. And this witness said, despite arguing with the flight staff, the women were upset but not rude. Eventually, the pilot allegedly gave the women two options: leave the plane on your own accord and pay for another flight, or be escorted off by security and placed on a no-fly list. Oh, that's customer friendly. I would tell that guy to. Uh, you know, stick it where the sun don't shine. Yeah, no kidding. I'd hit him right in the cockpit, if you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're talking about. The uh, pilot reportedly cited their rude behavior as the reason for a forced exit. Benson said a fellow passenger sitting beside the women, who identified himself as a police officer, spoke calmly with the pilot in French. While Benson said she doesn't understand French, she understood he was trying to negotiate on his seatmate's behalf. He was probably talking crap about her. Karine. Oh yes, Karine. Yes. Oh yeah, good. And they laugh together. Okay. Well, you know, then they the f- go. Then they step off the uh, thing for a nice French cigarette. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you have the guy puke in your beret? Yeah, you could do in a, that. In a little French beret. Yeah, see if you like that. 
Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 92. Tomorrow, 93 for a high. It's 73 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. For nearly 110 years, eight- Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 852 and the Foo Fighters with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be a hot, hazy, and humid day with a high of 92. There actually are uh, some school early school closings, which I'm sure you know about already. Uh, it's 73 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, uh, Springfield, Chicopee, and I think Westfield. They're all uh, letting out early because of the heat. Yes, and then uh, I was notified by my school district that uh, they might be tomorrow letting kids out early. Why not today? I don't know. Well, what's the, what's, I, I what's the holdup? Tomorrow, today, was it going to be a regular? Maybe because tomorrow is supposed to be a little bit hotter. Yeah, well, it's going to be plenty hot in there today, too. Yeah. Well, I, listen. I'm not the school administrator. I don't make it the. Uh, I don't make the decisions. You know, my uh, my high school um, was a old was way too old when I went there, and it's still standing today. And they've uh, redone it a couple times, but I don't know if air conditioning was one of the things they added. All I know is it was a hot stink box on a hot day, and uh, you know the teachers would turn the lights off. Yeah, yeah it, it, it like that like was, was going to cool it down. Right. Like for whatever reason, light bulbs were going to be, uh, you know, fluorescent lighting was going to heat the place up. Well, I mean, I think it's just the mentality, like the mental aspect of it feels cooler when the lights are off because yeah. you're in a little bit more darkness than yeah. you are. But when you when you're sweating on your on your classwork, you know, nothing is going to get done. In school. It's a waste. I mean, I understand a half day, you don't have to, uh, you know, that doesn't get tacked on as a makeup day at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, it, it counts for a full day. But uh, I think the idea that some of these, uh, the, the bigger schools in the area are, are doing a half day, I, I think that's a really good idea. I think it's a really good idea, yeah. too. And you know what? Air conditioning is amazing. You should try it sometime. Oh, it's a, techni- Stop, it's a technological marvel. Yeah. Stop thrusting your, your nostalgia of suffering through school during the heat. Yeah. And just let these kids be. Yeah. Let, let them go play Animal Crossing in the room. They don't they- have to learn every day. Right. Uh, let's switch gears. <laughs> Without using a clutch. <laughs> Right? You just dropped the transmission. I just dropped it. Did I? Oh, yeah. Did I? You did. Uh, last week I was talking about, we, we were, it came up because of the post in Wilbraham Community Forum about the woman complaining about the noise from Festa. Yeah. And it like, you know, it got me thinking, like, there's so many people that complain about the stupidest things on these community forums that I would like to get those. So if you see something like that... If you see some ridiculous complaint, please alert me. And if I'm not a member of the group, screenshot it and email it to me or message me with it. Yeah, give, give me your email, Steve. Because I really want to – it's steve at rock102.com. Simple. It's very simple. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of like getting into this uh, – the next door app. Oh, yeah. Because there's always somebody like looking for some stupid advice on next door. I, I'm part of the West Hampton community because that's like the closest – they're talking about neighborhoods where I live. Everybody lives like five miles away from each other. It's not like, you know, it's not a very close yeah. uh, tight knit neighborhood. If you're in a loosely populated area. It's kind of hard to be completely anonymous. Yeah. Most of my uh, next door posts are about bear sightings and political rallies and right. stuff like that. Uh, but I, I found, I discovered it's been around for quite a while. Reddit has a whole subreddit of next door posts. <laughs> And this guy, this is this is like one of the best ones. This is like four years old, but it was still pretty funny. 
Hi, all. Uh, now we all use devices to connect to the Internet and whatnot, and my grandkids come over and use their phones and iPads, too. Well, the other day, my grandson went to connect to the Wi-Fi, and our neighbor's router name is, in capital letters, All Cops Are Buttholes. <laughs> Now my wife and I are very upset because he started crying and we had to explain to him that indeed all cups are not buttholes and it's just generally a rude thing to broadcast. Is there any way I could possibly block this signal or possibly call the non-emergency police and have them go over and give him a stern warning? (laughs) I bet they wouldn't like to hear about the network named All Cops Are Buttholes. Any ideas, guys? Actually, I'm more concerned about your kid by the fact the kid was crying over that as opposed to crying out of laughter what what kid wouldn't giggle like crazy because he thinks all cops are buttholes when people want to complain about something they will embellish the story yeah enough to get you to say oh wow your kid cried man this guy should be no. chastised. Your kid probably blasted his juice box yeah. right out of his nose. This is like spread. <laughs> oh, I got Capri. You got a bloody nose? No, it's Capri Sun coming out my nostrils because I'm laughing so hard. Because you know what? I've had a couple of run-ins with those cops. <laughs> He's not wrong. I mean, not all of them. But, no, not know, all of them. Yeah, you don't want to paint a broad are. brush. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, we have uh, tickets to see uh, Jackie the Joke Man Martling. He's going to be at the South End Community Center this Saturday, the 9th at 7 o'clock. Uh, Zombie Hideout in Springfield uh, is is helping uh, with the show. The proceeds go to benefit the South End Community Center. If you know anything about uh, the South End Community Center, it's a really great place, and it does great stuff for the community. Uh, Signature Fence presents a night of laughs with Jackie the Joke Man. We happen to have a pair of tickets to the 10th caller right now at 293-1021. Good luck to you. It's 858 on Rock 102.